I'm so excited today for my guest. It is Emma Miller, who is one half of Dolly Bird Interiors, and the other half is Joanne Chambers. But I have Emma on the couch today, and I know you're really going to enjoy our conversation. Emma and Joanne have over 20 years' experience in the interior design industry, but they're also the most fun, energetic, and just all around good people to be around. Um, the business journey that they have been on is actually really, really interesting to listen to and I know you're going to get so much from it. They have been nominated as Interior Designers of the Year in the Northern Ireland Ulster Tatler Interiors Award in 2019. So they're experts in their field, but they've also been on such a big business journey. Um, if you look at their brand identity online, you'll be able to see just exactly their personality shine through from their social media content to their website. But today we're talking about their the involvement of their business and where they're at now. They're about to rebrand and relaunch in a 3,700 square foot premises that has got lots of different areas in it. It's got been able to mix their paint in their own specific area, the little green paint. And that's a big deal for them just because it, it's exclusive to them in their area and it's something they've always wanted to do. So they're reaching their goals. They're pushing themselves forward. They're doing all the things that a lot of businesses are afraid of right now because of the situation that we're in with the pandemic and I get that but I think if you listen to the podcast today you'll be able to get great inspiration from Emma's words and great encouragement that if you do set your goals and you push forward and you keep them in sight that great things can be achieved. Also Emma talks about social media today in the podcast about how it has helped grow their business about influencer marketing and actually a collaboration between her and I that happened a few years ago and how that has actually helped them catapult their business on social and and opened up lots of opportunities so there's lots of great nuggets of, of um, information today that I know you're going to love. And also they talk a lot about finances, something that a lot of businesses are afraid to talk about, um, about the bounce back loan, how they've used that to actually be able to grow their business in ways they could never have imagined. So yes, there's so much. I know you're going to love it. So stay tuned. And I know you're going to love Emma just as much as I do. The Dig Podcast is a podcast that focuses on business life and all things social media. It's a place of learning and one where you can take away actionable tips that you can put into practice straight away in your business. I hope it inspires you to reach your goals and never give up on that dream. This is Emma. So Hi. Emma, thank you so much for agreeing. Thanks um, for having me. No problem. <laughs> um, so I kind of give a wee introduction there to you, but do you want to tell us kind of in your words, like how did you and Joanne get to be together? Kind of what's your background? And uh, My background is in interiors and textiles. I was working for a local company for uh, the best part of 10 years and had been making lampshades on the side, so we gap on the market for that. So people who I was decorating for um, maybe couldn't find a lampshade to match their curtains. So I would have taken a remnant of their curtains that was left over and made a lampshade to coordinate. And that kind of gathered momentum. And I started doing uh, vintage fairs and craft fairs and things. And Q, Joanne Chambers enters the, the picture. And, so how did uh, you meet her? I met her um, doing one of the, the craft fairs in Five Mile Town over in the Valley Hotel. And she is married to a guy from OMA. Right, okay. And that's how we first interacted. So Joanne bought one of my lampshades and I bought a piece of furniture of her. And we've just kind of struck up a relationship from that. Um, I like to say that she stalked me for a wee while. <laughs> <laughs> She'll completely deny. <laughs> but um, no, so from that then we took part in the craft collective at OMA. 
um, which is all for cottage industries in the local area for people who make things at home and want a platform to sell them through. And it was Joanne actually got me involved with that. And um, a few nights out over a few gins and a few coffee dates later, and uh, one day we decided that we would merge two businesses. And she was uh, upholstering furniture, teaching workshops and painting furniture. I was making lampshades and teaching people how to sew and make cushions. So we merged two businesses to become Dollybird Vintage back in 2013. And we took over an undertaker shade, which had, had the ramp at the front for the hearse. Stop it. I am no, not I didn't know this. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that doesn't surprise me. There's no, always a drama. It was hilarious. But you know what? It, it, we put in a shop front and put in a floor in it and obviously took the ramp away. <laughs> <laughs> but there were shades there was a night in the back for storage and they actually had, you know, the big cutouts for the coffins. Oh, stop it, <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> which we used for a Halloween window display. Of course. <laughs> yep, Why it. not? Um, so I had quit my job in the middle of the whole thing and just took an ocean one. We had a, we had actually organised our own Mother's Day fair for one Sunday and I quit the day before. And I'll never forget Joanne coming in to me that Saturday and she was like, and she didn't know me very long. This was around March time. We'd only really met in the August prior to that. And she said to me, There's, you're up to something. There's something funny about you today. And she'd just been had her hair done, just called in to say hi. And I was like, no, I was fine. She's like, no, no, no. And I said, actually, I've, I've typed it in a notice at lunchtime and handed it in. She was like, oh my God, would you not wait till we do the fair tomorrow and see how things go? And I said, no, I'm pretty sure about this So you one. just knew? I just knew. So that was the start of that. So that was, um, I finished there at the beginning of April and we opened Dollywood Vintage in August. Wow. And in the Undertaker shade. <laughs> and we were there for about two years and we literally saved every single penny. We didn't take a wage for the for that time. We pumped every single penny back in, no loan, no nothing, and we worked our asses off. Mm -hmm. Which any you know anybody that's self employed will, will resonate with that. But I know, but I think sometimes there's that you know perception, especially now that you have to be making loads of money straight away. Yeah, and that like, doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. Like. <laughs> it just doesn't no. happen. And even when we moved, then we we relocated to High Street, and. We were, like Joanne was in the middle of a renovation at the house. Nancy Miller was five months old, were we off our heads, probably. But we relocated there in February. We opened Valentine's Day and 2015. And we were there for six years. And yeah, I mean, we still weren't, we didn't take a wage there for a good year, year and a mm -hmm. half. Because but we moved there, Caroline. We had, we had saved enough money that we moved there. We bought stock. We put floors down. We painted walls. We did all that with no loan, no overdraft. We still don't have an overdraft facility. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't use it. Um, and we're very proud of that. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of businesses starting off and as you say, people think that they're going to make money straight up. Um, that doesn't happen. No. You know, very rare. Like. Very rare. Mm -hmm. And I remember somebody saying to me one time, you know, if you're taking a wage in the first five years, you're doing well. I know. I always hear people saying that. Do you know, actually. and like we were lucky, we were three and a half, four years in and we started being able to take a, a, a wage, you know. Um, but it was tough going. But you know what? It's that it's the work ethic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think if it's in you, it's in you. Mm -hmm. um, and we knew what we wanted to do. And we just didn't want to, like we could close the doors and owe nobody a penny. Yes. You know, and yeah. which was a great feeling for us. Yes. We slept that bit better. Um, yeah. And we, we worked towards it. And if we wanted to do something and we thought, right, well, we'll do that. We just didn't take a wage that month. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, which looking back now was probably mental. But you know, know you, but you do. do those things. You do what you have to do. <laughs> you, know, you do what you have to it's do. It's so refreshing to hear somebody be honest about that because people sometimes 
see that as a net, like, they don't want to say that because it makes it sound like maybe yeah. their business isn't good, but I Not think at all. that makes it sound like it's real. Not at all. You know, some people take loans to grow their business, but we just kept the money in the business to yes. grow it, yes. you know, and did it all in-house, as yeah. the man says, you know. And every business is different, you Absolutely, know, and everybody's yeah. journey is different, but it's nice to hear that that was the way yours is and look where you are today. Yeah. So, you know. like, let's talk about the big COVID word that I always talk about but like we have to it's yep. affected this is a business podcast and it's affected businesses mine included so dramatically and you know I just want to talk about how you felt when you had to close your doors I know how I felt but how did you feel when you had to close Dolly Bird Interiors doors because yours was mostly face-to-face -face people yep. coming in and going to people's houses and all so what was that conversation like with you and Joanne? Well we knew that we had to close yeah um, but the predicament for us was that we still had a lot of work ongoing like we were middle in the middle of jobs, mm -hmm. people's houses that were half built and mm -hmm. half, you know, that were depending on us to guide them and steer them, um, whether it was a new build or whatever, or people who were waiting on furniture to be finished, to be mm -hmm. delivered in the room sitting. So we we couldn't just down tools. We had to try and fulfill in some capacity the jobs that we had mm -hmm. going. Um, and we did that to the best of our, our, our ability. You know, there was maybe a bit of a longer wait um, on getting things because at the start I think there was that fear mm -hmm. you know people didn't want you in their house and mm -hmm. you know and people didn't want fitters in and we weren't allowed to do that at that mm -hmm. point anyway but we could like furniture guys could still finish off the sofas if they were working in their show or their factories or whatever but um, and can I ask about the fear of people not being able to pay you was that fear there because I know mm -hmm. whenever it happened to us and like I closed my shop and dared work you know I wondered, were we going to have the money that I said I needed, all these things, or ordered things? Yeah. Was I going to have the money to pay them? Did you meet that? There was, there was a few. There was a few that um, there was quite a bit of money outstanding yeah, yeah. when we had to close. Um, and I will never forget, we were doing a commercial job for a, a local businessman in Oma at the time. And he phoned me, and there's not too many people do it. And I, I tell everybody this story. Um, he phoned me the Saturday we were closing. And he says, Emma, um, two things. First of all, your health's your wealth. Sort yourself and your family. Make sure you're safe. Secondly, I owe you money. And he said, you tell me what you need. Give me the account details and I'll get that transferred today. Now, that job wasn't finished. Right. And I remember thinking, how many people Aye. are doing that? Mm -hmm. And the day, the 21st of, February, of March, mm -hmm. that day we were closing. And I remember thinking, oh my God. Like, I have so much respect for that man mm -hmm. because he's in business a long mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And he says, no, I know that you can't be doing that doing without that money and it probably come in handy whatever else and there was plenty that didn't do that I know you I know, know. every um, situation probably just so different like but thankfully Caroline as I said earlier on we didn't know we don't even have an overdraft yes we didn't owe anybody any money our yes. bills were paid you know and then we got the £10,000 grant or whatever yes. and that cleared Yes. Whatever we owed. Okay. So that you were in a cleared. good situation. We were in a good situation. Yeah. And but we, there will be people listening like, oh my God, when I had to close my doors, I owed all this money. I had a big overdraft yeah. all. And I guess it's just trying to see everybody, how they navigated through it. But that's deadly that you were in such we a positive place. We always just, yeah, we stay on top of it. And like, mm. if we, if, if I thought we owed somebody money and Jamal would be exactly the same, we would die. Like if we thought we owed somebody money, oh my God, what? We would have to get that paid. Yeah. Um, so thankfully, we were in quite a good position. Okay. The ten thousand pound came in just in the nick of time, and we paid all our suppliers, mm. 
and there was nothing left. Good. Okay. You know, like our office lady who is in the form of my mother three days a week, <laughs> um, she phoned me, that went down in the street back out again the next day. No, <laughs> I know, like, I know. Well, that's what it's there for. <laughs> and thank God it, it yes. was there. No, you know? no, it was a lifeline for so many and yeah. got people through a lot, you know, at that time. I know it was could never be enough, but, you know, at least it got people through a little bit of that anxiety Absolutely. that they were feeling. Yeah. Um, so you so you were in good position and then what happened? What like how happened? did you navigate through then that next few months? About ten days into lockdown, I made the mistake of answering the phone to Clara Maven. Okay. Who dropped a roll of fabric to my house to help her make scrubs. That's right. So anybody that doesn't know <laughs> Um, Clara is a good friend of Emma and I both, but she is actually uh, a social media consultant as well. Digital consultant, I should say, but um, Clara spearheaded the campaign for the scrubs. NI Scrubs, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And Emma started to make well. scrubs. Like, how amazing. No, I think I need to say this, like, oh. amazing. So that took you away from your business a bit. Well, I have to say, I started and Joanne took over. I only did a few weeks. Okay. I quickly realised that all the sewers that were coming on board and all the seams, <laughs> all the dressmakers, Mine looked like a paper bag compared to what they were making. So I stepped back from that. But this is this is huge. Like I actually didn't have this in my notes to talk about. This is like this is we're talking about business in a pandemic. But this is a pandemic where people were dying and you're you used your business skills to help. Well, I I took on a bit of an admin role in social media and did a bit more on that. Joanne was literally driving the country, lifting fabric from people's doorsteps and meeting people in Dunn's car park, you know, obviously in PPE or in gear or whatever and and socially distanced and um, meeting people for different groups because there was different groups then Mm -hmm. organised within each town. Mm -hmm. Um, So she had the bulk of the work. Mm And then behind that as well, we still we started to sell paint like mm-hmm. there was no man's business. Like mm-hmm. it was selling like because everybody was painting and their their country home. and their brother started to paint. <laughs> so then I started to kind of do that role okay. and left Joanne till the scrub. Yes, <laughs> she yes. was ready to kill me. Yeah. Um. So her and Clara kind of did a lot of that. I was just kind of doing a bit of backroom stuff on it. So I can't take any much credit for that at all. At the start, it was Clara and I probably got it going on yes, social media. Yes. Clara blames my social media, my Instagram followers for the whole thing. But yeah, um, yeah it, it, that was mental. That, mm-hmm. that was a really, really stressful time mm-hmm. at that. But it shows the way you can't separate sometimes your business from life. Like that yeah. was going on and you helped the community and helped the country with that. And like people, I don't know if everyone knows, but it was actually just normal people like you that got stressed our NHS staff with scrubs. Like it it's mad. amazing. You know, it was, I can't remember what the final figure of Scrubs was, but it was like, like Clara. Thousands and thousands. Thousands. Oh my God. Thousands. Amazing. I and should people, have had that in my notes. People contacting us saying, you know, am I need six sets of Scrubs? Can I get them? And I was like, look, we had, the whole thing had to go online. You had to put mm-hmm. the form in online, submit what you needed and for what ward you were in and whatever mm-hmm. else. And then that went out to whoever was in that area. It was mental. Well, fair play, <laughs> you know, I'm sure just, everybody is listening or clapping oh. you and everyone that was involved is unreal. But to think that you're trying to run your business run and the then business get involved, behind it all. I know, I know. <laughs> the amount of paint. Whenever, so you were selling the paint and um, that was kind of part of your business. I have always wanted the Dig Podcast to be a place of learning and a place of inspiration, but I also wanted it to be a place where businesses can gain exposure. That's why I'm so excited to open up the Dig Podcast to businesses and allow them to pitch their business to you. The Sweet Spot, which is a family-run business located in Noma, has sweet treats for all the family. We have recently undergone a major transformation to include an improved ice cream parlour, which serves whipped and scooped ice cream, milkshakes, bubble waffles, cookie donut and brownie trays and so much more. We have dairy-free options too. 
We also have a range of tea and coffees available, which can be enjoyed with freshly baked scones and muffins. Honouring the traditional sweet shop feel, we have over 250 jars of all your favourites, old and new, including bonbons, raspberry ruffles and pick mix to name a few, along with gluten and sugar-free sweets. We cater for any event and can provide sweet cones and hampers, which make the perfect gift for any occasion for those in your life that have a sweet tooth. We have our popular ice cream van and candy cart available for hire at weddings or parties. We are looking forward to welcoming our customers to our new upstairs seating area to sit and enjoy their ice cream, sweets or a cup of coffee, which is due to open when restrictions ease. We are still the same shop people have gotten to know and love over the past 10 years, only a whole lot better. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok at the Sweet Spot Oma or call in to try some treats for yourself at Market House Oma just behind Dunn Stores. Yeah, we sold more paint in, in those few months than we had sold in like nearly the best part of a year. Okay. You know, it was absolutely crazy. People okay. people had their husbands at home and were deciding to decorate <laughs> a living room and I need paint. When can I get it? And like, well, I can order. Tell me what you need. There's the PayPal link. Pay for it and I'll get it delivered to your door, which was great that Little Green offered that service. Yes. Um, and yeah, it was, it was brilliant. You know, it was going right to their door. Then we we started doing like wee things through our Instagram and Facebook and, and doing wee videos and I was showing how to paint walls and, uh, and how I was doing my own house. And um, yeah, it just, it, the paint was brilliant. And then we got reopened again early July mm-hmm. um, and we were able to service clients one-to-one, socially distance. We had a, we had our island at the front of the shop with all our design library and we moved the design library to the back room that people could still come in and browse if they wanted and that we could be in the back room and not infringing on anybody else walking around mm-hmm. so we could service both of those clients. Um, but you just adapted and you had to do what you had to do and I think everybody just got on with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, failure's not an option. Whenever you have a business and you're dependent on money to come in and pay a mortgage and childcare and cars on the road and whatever else, it's not an option. You have to just do what you have to do to get by, you know, um, and thankfully we did, you know. And then we were locked down again, were we? I can't even remember. Yeah, all the, yeah, the, yeah we were locked down again. So when did you decide that you wanted to change the way that Dolly Bird is and, and where you were actually going to be the next time you would the reopen? The next time we opened? Um, we were in our premises in High Street for for six years, and probably about three years in, we realised that we were outgrowing that space. Um, how we were dealing with clients and the services that we offered had had changed, and that we started to do more and more furniture, um, and beds and sofas and footstools and whatever. And if you're obviously you're watching this now, all of this is the amazing Dolly Bird Interiors. And, you know, they have came on board with the podcast and um, for the next few episodes to dress this space. And it, it's a great way to advertise as well, but oh, also, yeah. also showcases exactly what they do. So, you know, there's always loads of opportunities, I suppose, to get yeah. eyeballs in front of you. But yeah, so this is all their furniture. I just wanted to say, if, yeah. you're, if you're wondering, <laughs> if we plug there, Emma. Um, but no, very quickly we realised that we were outgrowing that space mm-hmm. and that we needed somewhere bigger. But we had a lovely listed building, the highest grade listed building. We re- we learned very or just recently mm-hmm. in Oma, um, which had the height, five and a half meters high, beautiful. But we needed floor space, so we had been actively looking for premises for a couple of years, two three years, and had looked at a few and were really interested in a few. It just didn't work out, and we looked at the premises we're now in, um, September time. And we just happened to be walking our, our morning coffee run from Bob and Bert's down <laughs> through the old marketplace. And we just started looking at it. We were like, you know, 
get and have a look. And it took us, shall I, that was actually August, because it took us nearly a month to get in touch with the landlord because we couldn't figure out who owned it. And um, we got in early September to have a look around and it was like a bomb site. <laughs> it literally was just chaos. Three, two units downstairs in a first floor studio, um, which we have wrecked walls and taken walls down and had a labour room in. And anyway, it'll, it'll be lovely. But we had the idea of moving for a long time and knew where we wanted to go and trying to navigate there in the middle of a pandemic. It, in one way, it was good because we had time. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, we were still servicing clients and we were ended up working from home for a large part of that. But um, we had time to process things mm-hmm. and think about things. We had, an, we had initially been going to put on a lift in our high street premises. Um, as I said, it's a listed building as part of the county club and there's a billiard room upstairs that they didn't use. So we were going to put a lift in to go up to that, um, which was to start that Easter of lockdown. So obviously that was all... It was like meant to be nearly? It was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was actually brilliant because these things happen. I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. We weren't meant to go up there. And actually no. looking back on it, it would have been a really bad business decision to take upstairs. But, you know, to, to have two separate places like that, um, so that didn't happen. COVID gave you time to think. COVID gave us time to think. <laughs> it, it, we thought we were just pausing it, that it was going to be rescheduled, mm-hmm. but actually it gave us time to think and pull out of it. And mm-hmm. um, we found these premises, as I say, and we've been using lockdown to really hone in on what we want and do the things that we want and finish it the way we want to finish it, which has been good. So... Yes, there's a lot of people who will see the, the, the COVID and the last year as as a, a massive obstacle and a, and a, a massive issue for them. And, and a lot of cases that has mm-hmm. been. Mm-hmm. But you have to turn these things into an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we used it as an opportunity and to forward our business. And the bounce back loan was massive for us. Okay. We took the bounce back loan. So and refreshing to hear that because, yeah. you know, people seem to be afraid to say, well, I got the loan and I'm using it for yeah. this, you know. But so why not? I know, but that's you know, what it's there for. Joanne and I have always been quite transparent about our charges. They're up on social media. We, You know, you can see all the services that we offer and what we charge yes. for that and what that entails. And I think in interior design, especially, I think a lot of people are afraid to ask those questions and to, to, to or yeah. even to give out that information. But why? I know. I know. Because you know, people are afraid to talk about money. That's why. Uh, absolutely. You know? people, and I get people. that. Like, I've been afraid of money all my life. Of, uh, you know, you're talking about your financial situation. I think about my, everybody's yeah. so different, like in business. But it's it, you should talk about this. Why not? Yeah, no, that's good to hear. You know, no, we take the bounce back okay. loan. And, and yes. using it, obviously, then for this kind of expansion of your business. Absolutely. And okay. we, we can probably do, we can do um, those things that we probably would have been putting on the back burner. And you could say, I suppose, even Joanne and I were chatting about this coming up the road, you know, we could have taken a loan probably three, four years ago. Yes. And and forwarded our business and grown our business much quicker. Mm-hmm. But we grew it slowly. Yes. And we got our processes in place. Yes. So that we have a very structured process for our clients. Yes. And that you know what you're getting. And, you know, um, yes, yeah, so, you know, we, we've taken the bounce back loan and that will, that has helped us. Bro, nice. Okay, so I didn't know this. So <clears throat> I was wondering, how the hell are they doing? Like, oh, no. big premises and all, and how are they doing this? But that's how you're doing it. That's, that's how we're doing it. Yeah. And I think anybody who is moving premises and doing these big, they have to have taken a loan. Yes. But the bounce back loan was there. Yeah. Why not? Or they've got, obviously got capital from somewhere to get yeah. that big lump of investment, you know, where, wherever it came. But to hear that you've done that, I suppose if anybody's listening, maybe they've taken the loan and it's sitting there and maybe not doing anything, you know, yeah. it might be wise to like speak different people and see how they can use it to grow their business. Or... Think about it. And that, as I said there a while ago, you know, 
lockdown has given us the time mm-hmm. to think about things. Mm-hmm. Now, in one hand, it's given us time to think about it, but we haven't been able to go to the shows to look mm-hmm. for product or look for yes. new suppliers. Joanne and I went to Paris every year or every other year and went to Birmingham and different different furniture shows and things. We haven't been able to do that. Yes. So you are depending on virtual tours of, of showrooms and things. Mm-hmm. But as I said, use it as an opportunity. No, I know. You know, no, see it really as an opportunity have. and um, to grow your business. Yeah. You know, no, it's brilliant. I can't wait to see what's well. <laughs> unveiling. I know they're working really hard on it, but oh. um, so you decided you decided you were going to move and then a big rebrand obviously mm-hmm. has happened with that move. And I guess yeah. that's important. To, do you want to talk about that? Because you can move, but you need to kind of create a kind of excitement and drama yeah. about the move. So how, what has happened there? <clears throat> well, one thing, um, Dolly Bird Vintage back in the day when we started, the name came up over a bottle of gin one night. And not and even like joking, gin. it actually <laughs> did. <laughs> um, Dolly Bird Vintage evolved into Dolly Bird Interiors. Yes. And one thing that Joanne and I, we probably do cringe a bit. You see when you're standing on site with normally men, ah. men of a certain age, and, and what was your business called? Uh, Dolly Bird Interiors. And we kind of feel a bit cringy saying Dolly Bird, yes. right? And we still do to an extent, right? <laughs> But we did a bit of research and asked friends and family, you know, because we were thinking this time we moved down to Old Marketplace that we would just change the name. Oh, right. Okay. We thought maybe Miller and Chambers, Chambers and Miller. We didn't know. Um, or just something random. And the more people we talked about, and I, I, t- I spoke to my friend Dean and he was like, doesn't matter what you call yourself, you're always going to be known as the Lollybirds. I know, so true. You would. And yeah. you know what? Everybody said yeah. that to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, you know, we use it to our advantage. Just go with it, yeah. So we've rebranded from Dollybird Vintage to Dollybird Interiors, and we're now just Dollybird. Oh, you are now just Dollybird. Dollybird. Flip, that's bad research in mine now. I didn't know it was just so Dollybird. Just okay. Dollybird. Um, and we still have the interiors. We will still be using the interiors paint living, you know, because yes. that's oh, yes. the three sub-brands yes. underneath. So if you see their new logo online, it's Dollybird, and then... Paint, the three paint living interiors. Paint living interiors are like subsections underneath. Yeah. I really like your new brand and, yeah. and who did who helped you with that? Uh, Fee and Quinn from nine eight seven four. Okay, nine eight seven four. So I have all the links and all the people we talk about all yeah. in the show notes. If anybody wants to go find out, you know all about what the different Absolutely. people have done that have helped and you. And he's been brilliant. So he's okay. come on board him and his team and done the brand development and the logos and. Um, because yeah. that's not your expertise. It's not our expertise. Like, anybody can design a logo. Yes. But it's the it's the backstory to it. Yes. So where we are is the back market. No one of the oldest areas and it, in the height of the nineteen twenties, Art Deco, Art Nouveau, it was booming. So our our branding yes. now reflects like an Art Deco, yes, Art Nouveau kind of feel. Yeah. Um and the icon actually that, that we have spells Dollybird. Yes. Within it. Yes. So it's um oh, it's yeah. lovely. It's it really, is. Really nice. We're really happy with it. We are really happy with it. Um so the rebrand has taken place and then like I think a lot of businesses that are listening maybe struggle with the process that happens whenever you're launching something or launching a new product or yeah. launching a new <laughs> collection or moving premises. You have to create the drama you have, you have to, to build it build it so yeah. that's what i i know people are going to be listening like hey that's what i struggle with that's what i don't know how to do and i definitely see that with businesses they're doing amazing things but they actually never told us that they were doing that or yeah. they never showcased it so how do you prepare for like a launch of that size and a rebrand from like a marketing perspective what are you doing to like prepare for this happening? there's a lot i okay. mean <clears throat> excuse me the there's three separate entities now within the one brand um and the digital thing is something that we are, we don't understand it fully. <laughs> we know about social media and how to mm-hmm. use that and whatever mm-hmm. else. But it's the, 
the algorithms and the website and, and, and all of those things. So um, having a conversation with Clara from So Social, who is now our digital marketer. Whoop, Thank whoop. God, woohoo, because <laughs> there's so much. There is. Like, you know. and I think, you know, if businesses are listening, don't beat yourself up. You can't do, you can't all do this. it all. You're an interior designer. You're not a digital marketer. Give me a colour shirt. I know, I know. Not a laptop, which I, I feel like I spend half my days on at the minute. But, you know, there's horses for courses, as my dad always said. And, you know, one of the biggest things I think any um, entrepreneur, any business owner struggles with, and actually I listened to a podcast just recently, um, who said that business owners sometimes become a prisoner within their own business because they think that they can do everything themselves. Oh, I know. You know, outsource those things. I know. You know we but you were, know what I struggled with? I, and this is again the money mindset. I was like, I can't afford. I can't, you see, we were the same. I can't afford to pay oh my them people God, completely. <laughs> so I always tried to do it myself. You know, if I have to give them five hundred pounds, well, that's coming out of my wages. Isn't I know. It? You know, and you have to. But those are all things that we we come up against. You know, and, you battle through it, like. But I don't know. I think in the last couple of years, we have just realised that look, we can't do it all. I remember even back when we were Dollar Advantage and we were doing workshops twice a week and we were painting furniture for like seventy p an hour. And when <laughs> we think back to all these things that we did. And I remember having Nancy and got shingles uh-huh. a number of months after because we were just run ragged. Yeah. You can't do it all. No. So we stopped those workshops. So you adapt your I business know. to suit your lifestyle. And, you know, the big thing, what is it? You, you work to live, not live to work, you mm-hmm. know. And we do a wee bit of both. I think we're somewhere in the middle because we love our jobs. Yes. Um, but you can't do everything. And even taking mum on board a few days a week to do the admin end of, th- end of it and the VAT, we hated Oh, I hate And I'm that. sure any business owner actually give me anxiety. A complete like we would we would have left it, and there's only people you tell. Oh it. no, I do it every day. And people and have this, this like app where they app, just scan things. App, and all. Oh like my god, zero app and all that. I'm trying to get my husband Gary on that. It's just a no brainer, no go at the minute. But you know, outsource it. Get somebody in because if you're trying to do it all yourself, you're selling tenors, tenors for fibers. You know, because there's a good, there's a good one. My dad tenors always said that. You're fibers. selling tenors for fivers. <laughs> you could get somebody in, pay them to do that, and you'd have all this time to do X, Y, and Z. It's so true. It's a mindset shift. Complete mindset shift. And it's hard. I'm still not there yet. You but. know, and we're not fully there. Like, I know. Like we're but you are. On, you're taking on Clara. That's brilliant. We're taking on Clara. We're taking on Fihan. And I can't say, like, they are brilliant. They're worth their weight in gold because she's doing, she's helping us, right? We've done our first blog post. Like, yeah, I haven't read it yet. Oh, okay. First up, blog post. So. About Little Green. It's up on the website. And, there you, go. you know, she's liaising with our website guys and they're doing all that. And it's just like, oh my God, that's being sorted. It's the best money we're spending because she's doing all our ads. And boom. You know, obviously we approve everything. We talk yes. to her about what we want. We get all the imaging liaised with our brands. Yes. But it just takes the weight off that because doing what you're doing and relocating, there's things like rates and electricity and, you know, flooring and builders and whatever else, building control. And customers as customers well. Customers as well. As well with all this. Plus we're trying to service our clients yes. at home and the two of us are sitting at kitchen tables and two laptops and whatever else working between a book room, which is literally a room, it's actually mum's office, with the door closed and books fired and we can't even look at them. Like yes. They're just no go. But... So there's all of that going on. So outsourcing things is one thing I would say. Just bite the bullet and do it in baby steps. You baby know. steps. But we're taking on um, another member of staff in June when she finishes university. She's been with us now for a couple of years on a Friday, Girl Friday we call her Sarah. So she's coming as soon as she, she's actually doing the same course I did in Belfast in textiles. And she's coming on board as soon as she's finished this year. Um, in June so yeah. she will serve us downstairs for the homewares and the smaller jobs like curtains and blinds and different things like that um, because we need staff you do. we you can't, can't do it all no you can't expect to expand your business in that scale and, grow and not have someone else on no. board it's hard it is hard because Joanne and I are weirdos and we don't <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't, don't like to hand over kind of your business to someone, but do you know that trust has to be there. It to has grow. to be there. Yeah. You know, and Sarah's been with us for a long time now, and we know her, and she knows us and our mm. eccentricities, and mm. you know, she just gets on with it, and mm. she's, I think, she's a good representation for our business as yeah. well. She's a good personality for it. Um, but yeah, no, it, the digital end of it has is going to be massive. We, we've pulled all our paper marketing nearly a year, about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, we would have advertised with the Tatler and stuff. And yes, that worked. But I think the way forward now is digital. And the spend, especially when every pound is a prisoner for small business. And small business, the, the economy is going to depend on small business. And go, even listening to your podcast with Sinead from Michael Hennies. Oh, yes. You know, Sandra. Sandra, sorry. Yeah. Um, you know about the backbone of the, 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 the people are going to be dependent on small independents now to get the economy up and going again. Mm. Massive. So we don't always have, you know, a thousand pounds to spend on an ad with magazines and things. And not you know, know your return. And not know the return on it. At least we know exactly where we're targeting. And, you know, even talking to Clara and even talking to yourself, Caroline, about doing test ads and things. Mm. Like that was massive. I didn't even know you could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, but how would you? How it's would not I? Your thing. It's not my thing. No, you know, that's and that's okay. what you pay those people for. Yes. And that. You know, no best best money you'll spend. Okay, that's good. And then I suppose a wee tip for any businesses listening: if you were like, if you're like me and always have the fear of spending that money, I, I, kind of something that got me in the process of that was I reached out to the local tech, so North. Uh, Southwest College and they had placement students yes. and who helped with digital and social media support and I actually got a student um, it was a free placement as in they didn't require payment oh, good. Um, yeah. for their placement and they came and they helped me with my digital and my online and listen products on my, on my website and stuff and yeah. I actually once I seen firsthand the what difference that made mm-hmm. I actually was willing to pay for it then I think yeah. it's the fear of lashing the money out and not getting the return but when you've that so if anyone wants to reach out to the local colleges I think you should to save or any students wanting experience yeah, that absolutely. can definitely give you a wee feel for whether Big that time. help is worth paying for mm-hmm. so um, that's just my wee tip the other fear about it is too taking on staff you then have the obligation that you have to pay them of course so it's worrying not only about getting paid yourself yeah you know, you have a wage to we pay have somebody else's wage to pay. Mm, somebody's you know, family but, depends on you yeah and somebody's mortgage and somebody's childcare mm-hmm. and you know you just be like oh but you have to do it you to, have to the find business. your way through. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so social media, we talked about it there and digital and online and like how like I've known I've seen your journey grow, but how effective has social media been for Dolly Bird now, but Dolly Bird Interiors and Dolly Bird Vintage? Like what way has that grown for you and what how's it how's it been for you? Joanne and I would always say if it wasn't for Facebook back in the day, we wouldn't have a business. No, Facebook was dead. Facebook like, was Facebook still is the number one performing platform, but I think yeah. there's so many now where your audience is nearly spread across so many that you have yeah. to kind of... Facebook was, I still remember, when, even before there was business pages on Facebook, I still remember <laughs> having to convert. One? It was a personal page. Um, and we we had two separate ones and then went to Dolly Bird Vintage, but we wouldn't have had a business mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that because it was just getting going then. Mm-hmm. And we were painting furniture and upcycling furniture before most... Well, people were only really starting to... Um, and we were selling chalk paint and different things. So we used it as a platform for all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even whenever we ran the market down uh, on Main Street, we called it the Bazaar, the Dolly Bird Bazaar. You know, <laughs> we advertised all of that on, uh-huh. on Facebook and created events on it. And and then as it transpired then over to um, Instagram, it, it was actually my old business account on Instagram that we ended up using for a while, um, which we decided then to split because I was doing collaborations with different people and what I was posting on Dolly Bird wasn't always relevant to to Dolly Bird. Mm-hmm. So we decided then to have our own. So we have our own Dolly Bird interiors or Dolly Bird page now and our Dolly Bird Facebook. 
Um, but I think it's been massive for us. And even mm. doing the collaboration with yourself, Caroline, mm. and seeing what was coming from that. And that was so, like, that seems like 10 years ago. So early. That's <laughs> it. I have it written here in my notes to talk about. So Emma, Dolly Bird Interiors and me, who wasn't even dig mama or dig you were dig children's wear I was dig children's wear so mm -hmm. anybody who's just tuned in for the first time I had a shop and that's how I met Emma just speaking at different events about my shop but I also became kind of like an influencer in my own right with yeah. about my business but in turn other businesses could see the benefits of actually me using my voice to talk about them so influencer yeah. influencer marketing but yeah. like we didn't really know it was influencer no. marketing I suppose back then but we collaborated and if anybody wants to see that I have highlights of that on my dig for success page so Emma and Joanne came in and transformed my home um, on a collaboration basis there was nothing like there was no freebies or nothing no. I worked out a plan and yeah. um, where we both benefited and I advertised them on my platform yeah. but you know, that was back when I like only had 6,000 followers and, you know. It was crazy. It was. Like, and I we remember, were mad, like, but it was good. I had hardly really done a video on Instagram. Oh, really? Time. I did like, I thought well, you were I like... had done the odd wee bit here yes. and there, but actually going on and walking around, and I still feel a bit like a wingnut talking into the phone at times, but, you know, I remember starting that collaboration and Joanne had went on holidays. Uh -huh. And I was coming home from work every day, having been in the shop, and then got home and I was saying to her, don't talk to me for an hour because I need to sit and go through all this stuff because there was that many messages and that many things coming from it yes. and having to do all these wee things and post these wee things and reshare things that you put up. And I remember you giving me a list. Do you remember this? No. You gave me a list of things that I had to do. I remember going, oh, oh my God, I'm never going to get to I don't even know how to do that. What is that? <laughs> and Joanne texts me from holidays and her sitting on a flipping yacht somewhere me going, I'm going to kill you. Ah, so but, I guess that's a good example of you know, like, so people collaborate together, but it takes the book. You know, some businesses I hear given off about doing a collaboration and it not working out. And I no. look at how they, what they did on their end to make the most of it. And they yep. didn't. So, yes, I did my bit, but yep. then you did your list and you did your bit. And yep. boom, it worked. You have to set the parameters, I think. And yes. that's one thing going forward, even for, even for anything that we would do now going forward. You know, and any businesses listening that are thinking about doing collaborations, you have to set the goalposts because that's what you and I did very, very Fair early on. Like so when I met knew. when I met you and Joanne, just to let everybody know, when I went into your uh, premises um, in Oma and we sat down and we'd never really talk face to face about mm -hmm. anything like that before. But from the very start, we said, you know, I, you know, we said there's, you know, obviously you couldn't work for free. No. Um, because, you know, the price of Emma and Joanne's uh, stuff, they would have been out of business if they were going to do my house. So we worked out the deal, the the, yep. the contract, what they expected from me, what I could give them. We wrote it all down. All down. Mm -hmm. And and then knew what they were getting from me. I knew what I was getting for them, and we knew what the outcome was that yeah. we want. And that's so important, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And we were both happy. We knew what to expect. Yeah. And I knew that you were going to do X, Y, and Z. You knew what we were going to do. Well, yeah. I didn't know what we were going to do, but you were telling me. <laughs> <laughs> and, which do you know? And that was that was part of our thing as well that you were going to try and give us pointers on yes. social media because we were very much newbies to yes. the whole thing. Yes. Um. And as you said, it's influencer marketing, but we didn't actually know what it was at the time. Mm -hmm. Um. And it worked. It did. You like, know, well, it tell did. us what happened. Like, obviously, you know, wh what was the ripple effect from from that? Just to give people positives of working with an influencer that's right for their business, obviously. Yeah, I mean, we, Instagram, it was probably mostly on Instagram. Yes, it was. You know, and we we would still get people saying, you know that sideboard that you have in Caroline O'Neill's hall, or you know that console table? And we were like, yeah. And we just know straight away which one it is. 
Uh, yeah, really, really like that. Or people, you know, even be coming in and saying to us, you know, in the middle of a consultation, well, I saw the work. And they mightn't tell you straight away, but they say, no, well, I actually saw the work that you did with Caroline O'Neill and I really liked the mirrors that you did in her hall or her bedroom or whatever it was. So we would kind of know their style from mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. um, and we would still get people saying to mm -hmm. us about and it. Years ago, it's come and like three or four three years ago. Three or four ago. years ago coming. Is yeah. it four years coming? I don't know. I, I no, should have three. checked that date. It's three. It's three, yeah. three coming. Um, yeah, so, we would still get people saying this. So that. I guess um, for people, if there's an investment involved in working with someone, there, there's such a long, stretched out um, ripple effect of that content that yeah. can be got. And, mm -hmm. you know, even resharing and throwbacks and anytime I'm, my, I'm in my home now. And, um, you know, if I yeah. even say if somebody sends me a message, a DM, where'd you get that? And then I'm still promoting yeah. Dolly Bird and they're still talking. So we created a relationship too yeah, because absolutely. of that. Yeah. So I have you all know. things, positive things to say. I know there's a lot of stuff going on right now on social media about influencers and stuff, Emma. But look, it's like everything, isn't it? You know, there's always going to be negatives with every kind of type of marketing that yep. you do and stuff, but it's up to you to do the right research. You have to do the research. And set the right... And get the right person. And, and set the right boundaries. And set the right boundaries. Have those goalposts, have those set up and know exactly what, you know, if you're, if you're providing product for somebody, you know, know exactly what they're doing. You know, like a story isn't always, you know, giving somebody a product or, or providing something and they're putting up a story, sure, it's gone in 24 hours. Uh, Needs to be yeah. a grid post. You know, all those wee things. And I suppose that comes with experience. It does. Do you know what I mean? And we, we hit lucky with you the first time because ah. we, you knew what you were at. Well, you know, I <laughs> you know, know a lot more now, but I did. I, I was learning from my business and then I guess I was helping other people. Oh my God. But it was brilliant because, like, as I said, I'd hardly I'd done a few wee things on Instagram, but the talking and, you know, as you would say, show up every day. You show up to your, your your actual bricks and mortar store, show up every day, yeah. which we aren't great at at the minute, but it's just because we're mental. So normal service will resume when we get in the door. <laughs> but um, no, set the goalposts, know exactly what you're getting and so that everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. You know, so that one party's not walking away going, well, I don't think I got it in. That's you know what I mean? All the time. And you get that a lot and people, you know, um, and yeah, you just have to set the rules. It's just the new world. New and world. people are sticking their head in the sand and saying, I don't believe in this and all. And that's fair enough. But people listen to people now. And Without if they trust people, doubt. then great things can come from that. So, yeah. you know, just explore it. I think if you're a business listening and see, is it for you? And for some people, it won't be like, there's my daddy's business. There's no way he's going to be using influencer marketing. No. But, you know, for, for us in the game we're in yeah. and all, you know, it's really, really good. And I'm so glad we had, like, look at us now. Yeah. Sitting here in our lovely fancy chairs yeah, doing and our people, podcast. People will always, I remember we did a bit of work for a guy up in Belfast, a high profile guy who owns a town company. And he said to me, we had a, a working lunch one day and he said to me, Emma, people will buy from people. Yeah. He said, get your face on there, mm -hmm. talk on it, mm -hmm. do whatever. He says, because people will, will associate your you. business and trust you, mm -hmm. you know, and if you're on endorsing things every flip and turn around, people, you lose a bit of credibility, yeah. you know, so just set the goalposts and do a bit of research around it, get the right mm -hmm. person and yeah. Yeah, and if you're the person that can't talk and, and are getting anxiety, like yeah. Joanne is the quieter one of you on social. So she Joanne doesn't, doesn't like yeah. it. And she's lucky she has you as the voice, but some businesses, it's just them. And I would say then you need to explore influencer marketing even more. Yeah, definitely. Because like, you could get a voice from someone that really loves your brand and yeah. that's gold. And get somebody that'll do it all the time for you, yes. you know, over a, like over a, a year, a contract them. with yeah. them, you know, like a brand ambassador or whatever mm -hmm. they call it. Um, oh, we could talk about this all day. Do you know what I mean? I know. But it's just getting the right person. It is, it but is. But it's not an option. Social media is not an option. I, I don't think for businesses no. it, it's a necessity. Then, it is, it definitely you know? is. And so, like any tips, well, I've just covered that point. I was saying any tips for businesses who are considering influencer marketing, like you just said, you need to do your research. And do you your to, research. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then 
any words of wisdom, Emma, like I kind of finish most of my podcasts off like this, but for businesses who are at a crossroads right now, like I know just from my experience, my God, so many emotions and so many fears and so many anxieties, but have you any words of wisdoms for anybody that are at a crossroads and trying to decide like, like you know where to go with their business do they scale up go big go home do they pull things back I know you can't answer for every situation but have you any any wee words of wisdom for us I mean there was times Joanne and I sat and thought you know what it'd be so easy to have a porta cabin out the back of the house and just <laughs> work from there and like come and go as you please and I know. do lift our children from school and do all these things and yeah we would always like, talk about where we want to be in a few years time yes so the projection where do you see yourself in two years, five years? And we knew that in our premises that we were in, in two years' time, if we had to be there, we'd be going off or not. Yeah. Because we were he just hemmed in. We knew that we just needed to spread the wings a wee bit. And do you know what? Try things. And mm. I think maybe it's, it's a Northern Irish thing, or over here people are like, oh, geez, couldn't do that, because like, what would they be saying? You know, imagine I failed at that, or imagine I tried that and it didn't work out. You sure I'd be mortified. You know, everybody would be talking mm. about me. Just forget what everybody else thinks. I know. Keep the head down and head on. Stop looking sideways. Mm -hmm. If you have a, somewhere that you think, right, I'm going to try this. Sure, so what? I know. If we get three or four years in, now we'll obviously be devastated. <laughs> we'll probably be crying into a bottle of tankery somewhere. But, you know. <laughs> There's an overriding theme of gin, gin in this podcast. <laughs> um, but, you know, well, I've tried it. I know. You know, I'll be 40 next year and I don't want to turn back and when I'm 60 and go, oh, do you know what? I wish I tried that. I know. I wish I'd done that. You know, no regrets. Try the thing. If it doesn't work out, so what? We'll try something else. You know, I read, uh, what do you call her, Sandberg's uh, Lean In. Right. The book. Sheryl um, Sandberg, she's like Mark Zuckerberg's right-hand woman. Oh, right, okay. And um, she read this book called Lean In, and she talks about, um, she does not like the climbing the ladder phrase, because when you're climbing a ladder, you have your head up somebody's arse. Oh, okay. She prefers the jungle gym analogy. Okay, which is? Because everybody's aiming for the top, but there's different wee ways uh -huh. you navigate to get there. Yeah. And everybody's journey is going to be different. Oh no, so so don't be worrying about, like, there's plenty of interior designers in Northern Ireland, plenty of them bigger and more successful than us. But we don't care. I know. We have our own wee style and our own way. And we're doing our thing. So stop worrying about if you're a PT or you're whatever else, there's going to be any gods amount of them. Competition's good for everybody. Stop worrying about it. <laughs> um... Must read so, yeah. this book. The Jungle Gym. I actually really enjoy <laughs> I'll it. I'll link it in the show notes if anybody um, will tell me the exact one. You it's can... not very long. Okay, good. Just her nuggets of, of wee bits of gold, as I say. She, you know, she's a mother of daughters and she's raising children as she's going. And, you know, she talks about working and she always felt like she had to be, she was in her bed at half, half eight, nine o'clock every night. And Mark Zuckerberg was ringing her at 12 o'clock and he was like, why are you in bed? Are you in bed? You know, and she, you know, she was like, yeah, I have two children and I'm up at six. So, you know, yes, I'm in bed. And it's all those things that work in mothers even. And that yeah. resonated with Joanne and I, you know, that, yeah, I, I, and the jungle gym analogy I thought was brilliant that because... Is. You're not sitting with your head up somebody's backside. You know, you're going your own route. And you if might you have meet, to, meet wee snakes and all along yeah, the way. Yeah, oh, and that's <laughs> a given. And you might have to sidestep certain things mm -hmm. and go, right, you know what? Let's take time out, recalibrate. Mm -hmm. But we're still on our way to the top. Mm -hmm. I know? definitely am definitely in a jungle gym my journey this year. <laughs> but um, that's so good to hear. I love hearing that there. And um, like I always say to people, if you know something needs to change as well, yeah. act quick. Act quick. You know, don't be sticking your head in the sand. Don't that overthink. Because that the worst mm -hmm. thing ever. Um, oh my God, like, Emma, 
seriously, if they whipped out the gym here, me and you'd be talking we'll be all here day. Tomorrow. But um, that was so lovely. And, you know, even though I know you so well, I actually have never sat down and heard all of that from start to finish. And there's loads of things I've learned there as well. But it's your infectious energy that excites me to you about your journey ahead. If you enjoy what you do. I know. I think that's half the battle. I could never get out of my bed in the morning for something that I didn't enjoy doing. I know. I, I just couldn't. Life's too short. Life's too short. Life's I think this year short. has taught us all that. Big time. I know. Big time. Um, so well, no, we're excited. Thank you so much for joining us. And where can everyone now follow the drama? Now, anybody that doesn't know, Emma has a different pair of glasses on every time every I see her. Time. And it's became her personality and social where every time she puts on, on her stories, the glasses get pushed up and she's actually got the most amazing diamond ones at the moment on her Instagram. I know. But where can everybody find out what you are doing and connect with you? Uh, we are Dolly Burton Tears on Instagram. We are Dolly Burton Tears on Facebook. Um, our website is dollyburdentourers.co.uk. Um, so you can check us out there. Yes, and then you also have a personal account as well. My personal account is Emma Dollybird and Joanne's is Joanne Dollybird. So we have our own separate accounts for that. So we have wee things going on there like home life and different things yeah. that we, we do separately. Um, so I'll yeah, that's link, where you can get it. I'll link them all in the show notes anyway. But I just want to wish you all the best with Thank your you. new rebrand. <laughs> and I hope we have a beautiful launch party where oh, we'll absolutely. be sipping cocktails Lots up and over. <laughs> And yeah, thank you so much for being no on the Dig Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Dig Podcast. If you missed anything, we've made some show notes with links and all the good stuff we've covered today. Also, don't forget to screenshot this episode and tag Dig for Success so we can reshare on our stories. So remember to hit the subscribe button and I will see you all on the next episode.